Hello friends, my name is Mike. Thank you for joining me today on Up North Rocks, Northern Ontario's only climbing podcast. Listen to me, Annie. I don't care how experienced you are. A smart climber always wears a belt and suspenders. Dad. Two cams are safe, three's even better. Dad. Not kidding, Annie. Nobody's going anywhere until you put another cam in the wall. Dad, I have three cams. He's just yanking your chain. What the? This route is sandbagged. There's no way this is 5'5". Five five. This is like 5'8". D. Hi, folks. Welcome to part two of my conversation with Gripped Magazine editor Brandon Pullen. First off, if you haven't already listened to it, before you listen to this episode, backtrack to episode number four to hear part one of my conversation with Brandon. You'll hear all about his climbing adventures across the country, his time in Thunder Bay, his path to becoming the editor of Grit Magazine, and some of the amazing folks that he's gotten to hang out and climb with along the way. If you've already listened to part one, then you're in the right place, because after Brandon and I finished recording that interview, we continued to chat and I quickly realized there needed to be a part two of this conversation, and so I turned the mic back on. In this conversation, you'll get to hear the story of Brandon bolting routes at the Centennial Park Bluffs, the times that he ran into the legend of all North American climbing legends, Fred Becky, and being rope gunned up the CMC wall in Yamnuska by Cedar Wright, and then Cedar paragliding off, leaving Brandon to race back down. We finish off with a nice little chat about ethics, the future of climbing, and the importance of welcoming and mentoring new climbers into the sport. Good tales, I assure you. There's a few details I need to correct about the Bluffs routes after checking in with guidebook author and keeper of all details, Eric Fishman. So, I was wrong. It wasn't Hook and Bladen that Brandon and crew bolted, it was John and Poncharelli, which is now a 5.11 plus and was first freed by Eric. And then also they bolted Project A5, which, to our knowledge, has not yet been freed. So, if you or someone you know freed Project A5, please let Eric know. And otherwise, strong, sporty, climby folks out there, Get after it in the spring, and if you do send, let Eric know so that it can be recorded and go into future guidebooks. And so, without any further ado, here is part two of my conversation with one of the pillars of the Canadian climbing community, Brandon Pullen. So there's another whole other thing that somehow we managed to not talk about before, which is the bluffs. So let's go into the history first. So obviously the bluffs is OG, but basically as OG as TV climbing gets. And historically, to my knowledge, there was one bolted route, which is the Flying Dutchman. And it was like semi-chopped. There was like only, there was like, there used to be more bolts and then somebody chopped some of them. I don't know, because for, for my entire climbing life, there's been, I think, two bolts on the Flying Dutchman, which is not nearly enough to lead it. And there, I think there are some old stubs that of chop bolts. Anyways, the Flying Dutchman's out there. Sketchy, unleadable route. No one climbs it. But in 2021? 2020. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Brandon Pullen... <laughs> Dallas. Yeah, and so Chesa. Yeah, yeah. So basically like I was uh it was COVID fall, first COVID fall, 
rolling through and um, I went to the climbing gym and I met Shaysa and I was talking to her and I don't know how it came up. I, I really have no idea, but we were talking about the bluffs for some reason mm -hmm. and talking about some hard projects out at Claghorn mm -hmm. and maybe at like Sterling at Silver Harbor. She mm -hmm. was working on some hard stuff. I forget what. Mm -hmm. And so, so was Dallas's daughter. Yeah. Taryn. Taryn. And so I was, uh, I was asking them if the flying Dutchman had been retrobolted mm -hmm. at the bluffs. I hadn't been to the bluffs yet that year, but I, I would always go back through the bluffs. Some years I would go through the bluffs over the last 20 years and it was overgrown. There'd be beer cans and bottles and graffiti. It just looked like climbers didn't care about it. Mm -hmm. And for climbers who have such strong uh, opinions about how other climbers should act, they sure weren't taking care of their local crag. Right. And so that's fine. Um, you know, and they said, I will no. say that we carried probably like, I don't know. A thousand pounds of garbage out of there. It's, I know. Eric told me. Two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Eric yeah. told me. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, before then, it was pretty gnarly. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's it's nobody's fault. It's just like things fall out of disrepair, especially when people aren't climbing there and things aren't mm -hmm. happening. And So I was talking about Flying Dutchman. And they said, no, it hasn't been. And, you know, I'm not I'm not here to, to talk about what Dallas thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that he and I agreed mm -hmm. that it would be really cool if Thunder Bay had some uh, close-to-home bolted roots. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, I should re-bolt Flying Dutchman. I was like, I'm going to bolt a root at the bluffs. <laughs> and uh, Shaysa was stoked on it because she had talked about um, looking at a line right of Flying Dutchman. And so... We I didn't have a drill with me. I didn't mm -hmm. bring a drill or bolts. Mm -hmm. Dallas had the drill and the bolts. Mm -hmm. And we all, the three of us went out there and Dallas, uh, bolted, rebolted flying Dutchman. I think he had, whether they're two old bolts or three old bolts, they mm -hmm. were, they were like cap, uh, like, like self-drive capped bolts. They're mm -hmm. really dangerous. Anyway, mm -hmm. he replaced them all. I think he put five bolts total plus a new anchor mm -hmm. or one bolt with a glue in. I don't know what was up there. It was some weird stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we looked at right, and Shaysa and I agreed there were two routes at right. There was an old A4 maybe, or a project mm -hmm. that may or may not have been done, or had been done. Hook and Bladen? Hook and Bladen. Yeah. And then between that Hook and Bladen and the right Arette prow thing, there was a trad route, mm -hmm. which is still a trad route, or it's a top rope route that had been trad climbed once by Mitch. Mm -hmm. I forget Mitch's last name, but he was Mitch really strong. Mitch Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's him on the cover of the guidebook. That is uh, Marty. That's, that's Marty. Martin Dubé. That's Martin Dubé. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Mitch... But Mitch is all throughout the guidebook. Yeah, for sure. I think Mitch had climbed it, mm -hmm. uh, like, trad style, which Sounds is pretty right. pretty heady. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we were like, I was like, let's bolt a route. Let's mm -hmm. just bolt a route, then you can have a project. Mm -hmm. And so, we weren't going to touch that trad route, because that mm -hmm. had been climbed. And Flying Dutchman, you know, it's not, it's part of the bluffs, but it's kind of a separate pillar Mm -hmm. It's a power line corridor. There's power lines over top. Mm -hmm. It's kind of an industrial area anyway. Mm -hmm. There's a trail there. So, yeah, there were bolts all over the top. Old bolts for anchors and stuff. Big fat ones and old sketchy ones. And mm -hmm. 
so yeah, we just like wrapped in and bolted two roots. We bolted hook and blade in or whatever that's, if that mm-hmm. is. And if however many times it was climbed, there was a copper uh, nut in it. Okay. And that's still in it. Mm-hmm. And then bolted the a rep prow thing out right. Right. And uh, and then that was that. We, we, we worked on the one on the left. Mm-hmm. Shaysa worked on it for a while. It's a really hard route. I don't think it's been climbed. I wonder, actually. I have no idea. I don't know. There's no chalk on it. I went by today. Okay. And uh, I I went by to see if they had been chopped. Right. And to my surprise, they had not been chopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was chalk on both of them. Cool. So people are climbing. The one on the right is like 5'11", I think. Okay. Um, Eric climbed it, mm-hmm. and he said like 5'11". And then Taryn climbed it and agreed with the grade. And mm-hmm. then the one on the left, um, Shaysa was trying it she was a lot stronger than me at the time but i tried it too and agreed that it's hard right and realized how much stronger she is than me (laughs) and then yeah it's a really cool line i think it would be a really wicked uh they're wicked sport roots Mm -hmm. they're modernly bolted Mm -hmm. and yeah they're they're bolted roots up the bluffs and and we and dallas was uh it was on the pillar where there were existing was an existing sport route True. That was upgraded Flying Dutchman, and then we just yeah. bolted these things to the right. Nobody was going to A4 that thing again. Mm-hmm. And if you want to, you can still do it. Go for it. Skip the bolts. Just, you know, I'd like to see it ate it just off the bolts. It's so yeah. spaced out and gnarly enough. You'd True. have to do some hook, like some hook moves. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think they're good additions. I mean, the, the one on the right was quite chalked up, mm-hmm. and it's 5'11 something. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But no, it was it was it was against the. I was quite surprised at how uh, easy it was to drill into that rock. I thought it would be a lot more solid. It was quite dusty. Really? Yeah, it was quite. It was quite porous. It was almost like limestone. Huh. Interesting. And um, yeah, I had no. That pillar had been climbed on. We used to top rope things on that all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a good wall there to have bolted. Mm-hmm. I don't think other things at the bluffs should be bolted. Okay. But that wall just made to to me, um, not that I'm a, an authority on it, the mm-hmm. most sense to be bolted because to set up an, a top rope on it is quite dangerous because you have to jump across a gap. True. So I hadn't actually thought about that. You That's... can't actually access the top safely. Yeah. To set up a good top yeah, rope. Yeah, I've done that jump. It's not that fun. Yeah, and so I was like, well, we, this way you can get up and have an anchor below the roof that's safe and you can wrap from. Mm-hmm. And so it just made the most sense, sport like climbing wise. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a history of, like, no bolts at the bluffs. But the top's littered with bolts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And they're face climbs. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And they're not... They haven't been chopped. And they haven't been chopped. Yeah. If this was 2000, when I started bolting, they oh, would have been, been chopped. chopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would have been chopped. Totally. Yeah, they would have burnt that whole pillar down. Yeah. Yeah. Blasphemy, sport climbing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're still there. There's chalk on them. So, so people are trying them. We're climbing them. We're working them. Yeah. Yeah, stick clipping their way up and projecting them. Yeah, cool. Get a stick clip too. I think every every sport climber should have a stick clip. Absolutely, yeah. To just get up stuff and then you can work on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, you have bolted roots at the bluffs. And when we were done, I was like, that looks nice. I wish they were there when I was here. Because mm-hmm. we would have had something to sport climb. Yeah. Close to town. Totally. Yeah, and then I was also like, uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to cause a... That was a firestorm. Mm-hmm. But there, was, there was a buzz. Yeah, sure. there was a buzz. But ultimately it's like, well... Whatever. Yeah. It's rock. We're all rock climbers. Totally. Yeah. And the goal of rock climbing is to go rock climbing, be part of a climbing community. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't hate on each other because other people are establishing roots safely. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
And if 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 a few people get to climb those routes and have a good time, it's well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That pillar's gonna fall over soon anyway. Sure. Yeah, then it'll, it'll be, it won't matter at all. Yeah, then it'll just be a big boulder problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There'll yeah. just be bolts in the dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like at Orient Bay, the, the, the schoolhouse area. or the Yeah, that huge chunk that fell that off. That fell right off. All the sport climbs are gone. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, some actually, Eric harvested some of the anchors off of the rocks that fell off. The, the ear ones? The, the, the cold shuts. The, yeah. yeah, the cold shuts. They were yeah. sitting on a boulder. Yeah. I have a photo of that. Yeah. They're right now, after it happened. They're now on French lines. Uh, at Silver Harbor. Yeah, just think of us bolting the bluffs as placing bolts for future bolt harvesting. Perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. If these things ever fall over. Yeah, we're donating to other crags in the future. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No, but it was like, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about doing that <laughs> back in, in my 20s. Right. Bolting at the bluffs. Yeah. That was a no-no. It's And I'm okay. I think it's good to preserve top rope trout areas. Mm-hmm. But the power line corridor is just like, it just seemed industrial anyway. Right. And that wall, there was, there was so many, you should get up on that wall, actually, where I bolted, where Chase and I bolted the left route, the project, mm-hmm. there's probably 10 old bolts in that wall. Really? You should go look, wrap it one day. Interesting. That whole wall is full of old bolts, old huh. cap bolts, like self-drives. I don't know huh. what they were doing. I don't know what they were doing. Interesting. I took some photos of them, though, but there was at least, there was at least eight that I found. Huh. And then they're, they're buried, they're, they're kind of like, they're not, it's not calcification, but the rock's kind of like grumpled over it. <laughs> and you can find them, they're everywhere. <laughs> it's like they were practicing drilling bolts. Interesting. Yeah, so I was like, whatever. Yeah. That's just fine. There yeah. you go. There you go, that's the story. That's the of, story of the bluffs. The, <laughs> the bolting at the bluffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I don't think there should be more bolted routes to the bluffs. There's no point. It's yeah. fun to top rope too. You don't have to yeah. worry about stuff. Totally. Yeah. And there's lots of other, there's there's tons of sport climbing around. And... There's lots of sport climbing, and yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as I know, as of right now, uh, early October 2022, the left the route between Flying Dutchman and the and the far right bolted route on that pillar is unclimbed, unsent. So for any strong young competition climbers here at Lakehead University, you just showed up looking for something close to home to project, especially mm-hmm. in winter, that thing's slightly overhanging. True. It's perfect temps. Perfect. Nice and sticky in winter, just dust yeah. it off. Yeah. Project that thing all winter. True. It's a, it's a sweet line. Yeah, I'll, Sh- do, I'll do some research on that, find Chase, out if anyone's done it. Yeah, Chase has made it, when I was there to the third bolt, then it gets hard. Mm. I think I got to the first bolt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's so hard. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, she, yeah, I don't know if she sent it though. No, we just, we just, yeah, took it in our own hands and didn't ask. I mean, who would you ask? They'd say no anyways. So. <laughs> They're going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to say no. But yeah. I was just like, I was like with Dallas, who has a bunch of young kids, mm-hmm. Shesa, mm-hmm. and it's just like, what, a bunch of crusty old white guys are going to mm-hmm. say no because they want to go top rope the off with? Yeah. Get over yourself. I mean, you can still top rope the off with. Yeah. yeah. Th- these roots aren't in your way. You're not yeah. going to do the A4. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like you have to make room for progress. Those yeah. routes aren't for me. I don't care. Yeah. I always thought it'd be cool to have sport routes here. Mm-hmm. And if people get to use them, it's super sweet. Mm-hmm. The old mentality of like the trad dad club mm-hmm. is dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And anybody in Thunder Bay who's holding on to it. For sure. Has to wake up. I mean, honestly, my friends would, would call me out for being that guy. <laughs> trad dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd but like you would go sport climbing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Totally. But I'm also like in that in that vein of like like climbing 
style. I'm also, I put up a lot of trad roots mm-hmm. that I think should just be trad roots. Totally. But between the trad roots, both the, yeah, both there's the, a face. Both of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both the face or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But have you done, I mean, have you done hook and, hook and blade? I've not done hook and blade. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I, I can't say that I have. It would be cool to go try. Totally. Like as an aid route. Well, because I mean, you can always clip a bolt if you have to. The irony is that now it's actually a perfect aid training ground. <laughs> well, it is because between the bolts. Totally. Or even just not weight the bolts. Clip the bolts as pro, but not hang on. But actually between, so where, where there's a fixed, I'll show you, where there's a fixed piece, mm-hmm. um, I kind of ran it out and I was like. If anyone's going to have anything negative to say, they just clip the piece. Right. But it's an old piece. It's still there. Oh, it's an old an old copper head. Yeah, or a lead yeah. head. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, or an aluminum head. It's maybe. an aluminum head. Yeah. It's still there. That's cool. Yeah. So that's still there. These are everywhere. Interesting. Yeah. So this like A4 wall was once completely bolted. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, eh? Yeah. No, so that's, yeah. So that's the, the, the bolted at the bluff story. Yeah. Yeah. No, we just use it. All right, so obviously you've met all kinds of crazy people just through being around and through the the magazine, but have you met Fred Becky? I have met Fred Becky. I met Fred Becky uh, a couple times. The first time I met Fred Becky was at a, uh, a house party <laughs> in Canmore that my friend Sarah... Uh, Fuller was throwing. This was about 2006, I think. And Fred, at that time, was trying to climb Mount Assiniboine, and he was around a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was just m- meeting up with uh, guides or whoever. And he walked into a party where we had to dress up formally for this party. And we were drinking beer and whatever we were drinking. And uh, we had, I think I had a, sh- a shirt and a tie on, and my buddy had a bow tie and a shirt, and every- there were dresses. Everybody looked really fancy. And Fred walks in, and I'm like, that's, that's Fred Becky. He has a toque and a wool sweater, and in each hand, he had a two-liter bottle of Sprite. <laughs> and he's, at that time, he's in his 80s, like, or probably early 80s, maybe mid-80s. He, was, he looked like an old guy, and he yeah, walked right. in with a climbing guy named Pat Delaney. Okay. Pat was his buddy who was taking him climbing. And so uh, Fred comes up, and I'm just like, we're with, like, Fred Becky's here. Mm-hmm. Fred Becky's here. <laughs> and everyone's a climber, and some people had already known him. They're like, hey, Fred. And Fred's yeah. like, hi. Yeah. And he comes in, and he sits down on the floor, kind of like with his arms on his elbows, not cross-legged, hunched over slightly, smiling and saying hi to people. And I'm with my friend Noel Gingrich from Thunder Bay that we had climbed with. And we just got back from the Bugaboos, and I was like, I want to talk to Fred Becky. This is crazy. And I went up to Fred and I didn't know what to say, you know? And I'm like, Fred, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, what? Nice to meet you. And I'm like, man, a month ago I was in Utah and I climbed a route called Becky's Corner. And I just couldn't believe that you would climb that when you had climbed it. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was just in Utah and I climbed Becky's Corner. He's like, what? I was like, Becky's Corner, Utah. He's like, I've never been to Utah. <laughs> I was like, What? I was like, okay. And he's like, what's her name over there? I was like, I, I think that's Sarah. That's who's ha-. He's like, introduce me to Sarah. I was like, okay, that was it. I didn't talk to, to Fred for the rest of the night. He was just talking to girls. No joke. Had never been to Utah. Clearly had lived and been in Utah. Yeah. And he just didn't want to talk to a young, um, a, you know, boy, boy fan. Yeah. A climber dude. Yeah. I was like, okay. 
The next time I met Fred Becky, I was going out to climb Bow Falls, an ice climb, beneath the Bow Glacier near Namtija Lodge on the Icefields Parkway, beneath the Bow Hut on the Wapta. And we were skiing out, and there was somebody laying down on the ice, just laying down. And we are like, <laughs> and they had skis, and they were laying down. And uh, we skied up, and it was Fred Becky laying down on the middle of Bow Lake, sleeping on, like, down jackets with skis. And I was like, we skied up, we're like, is this person injured or hurt? And I ski up, and we kind of startled Fred. And Fred's like, hello! <laughs> I'm like, Fred! Fred Becky? He's like, I didn't want to climb the route, so I'm sleeping it off. And his guides had left him to literally sleep on the middle of the lake while they went and ice climbed Bow Falls. And he, we're like, you're okay? He's like, I'll be fine. And he just like slept it off and we skied and climbed the route. And his guides left before and took him out. And that was another time I met Fred. The next time I met Fred was at the Banff Film Festival. And he had wrote a book about his hundred favorite mm -hmm. Cascade climbs. And he was doing a book signing. And I was with my friend Will Minan from Thunder Bay. And we're in this line at the Banff Center, the Banff Film Fest. Fred Becky's there. The, the stoke is high. We're all vibing with Fred. Mm -hmm. And Will goes up and he's like, we're, you know, here's the book. And he's like, who's it for? And Will's like, to Will. He's like, to Phil? <laughs> he's like, no, to Will. He's like, to Phil. He's like, no, Will. William. He's like, to Phil. And he's like, to Phil from Fred. And he closes it and he gives it to Will. Yeah. And Will's like, he's hard of hearing. The person behind us was a very petite, good looking woman. Mm -hmm. And she walks up. She's like, to Sarah. And he's like, to Sarah. Nice to meet you, Sarah. <laughs> Love Fred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. Those are the three standout moments. But there was one other time in the Canmore Library. Mm -hmm. And th there were no internet cafes. This is before everybody had a laptop. And this is 2005 or six. And I was mm -hmm. in the Canmore Library. And Fred was in there sitting across from me. There were six chairs. And you could access the, the internet for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So Fred wasn't totally great at writing uh, emails. Mm -hmm. And it would take him a long time. So he wrote this. He was sitting there typing and talking to himself. And mm -hmm. just, you know, woodpecker finger typing. And the 30 minutes came up and the, the, the computers just shut down oh, no. and they restart. And Fred's like, fuck. <laughs> He's like, Hey, get my email back. I was almost done. 30 minute email gone. Just gone. There's a warning. It was like 10 minute warning, five minute warning. Yeah. You know, he's just typing and he's like, get it back. And they're like, Fred, they know who he is. Yeah, they're like, Fred, we're sorry, but we can't get it back. And they're like, why don't you just tell us what you want to say? We'll write the email. And that's how it worked out. There was actually one other time we were at the Banff Film Fest. We went for a walk with Fred. There was a bunch of us and we walked out onto, uh, onto Sleeping Buffalo Guardian Mountain. Um, outside of, above Banff. And there's a little lookout. And I was like, Fred, I'm putting up a route. It's right there. And like, I'm bolting it. And he's with, there was a bunch of people there. And he was commotion. I was like, what should I call it? He's like, call it after my movie. So this movie was called Dirtbag. Dirtbag, yeah. So I called it Dirtbag. Nice. And it's a four pitch, five ten. Cool. Like, cool sport route. Sweet. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And it's named because he he named it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But those were the times, some of the times that I got to run into 
the friend. The legend. The legend. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for anyone who doesn't know who Fred Becky is, they should go watch Dirtbag. Um, Fred Becky is kind of like uh, like one of the most legendary climbers who ever lived. He he, he put up some of the, the for his first routes in like the 1930s and 40s. Uh, he did the second ascent of Mount Waddington with his brother when he was a teenager. They spent two months in the Waddington Range having the second or the first. It was the second ascent. Okay, I thought it was the first. No, they did this. I believe it was the second ascent of. Uh, it wasn't the first ascent. I think okay. Fritz Wiesner. Somebody else did the first ascent. Okay. They did the second ascent. They were teenagers in high school. They dropped out. They went up there to climb this thing. They spent like two months skiing and climbing. They did the second ascent of Mount Waddington. And it's like his brother almost died. And... Rock hit him in the head. He almost yeah. died and they survived. There's no rescues. These dudes are teenagers. And then his brother moved to Europe and became an opera singer, I think. And Fred right. became, for 70 years, basically 80 years, ran North American climbing. You know, the joke is if you see a mountain, there's a Becky route on it. Mm-hmm. And in the Rockies, there kind of is. Mm-hmm. That guy put up thousands of routes. Mm-hmm. And continued to his late years until he passed away. And one of the most cool things I ever saw was when him and Colin Haley went to the Dolomites. And there was a film, I don't think you can find it, but Patagonia put it out. Mm. And the film was short, it was like four minutes, but it was set to some beautiful piano music and, you know, shots of the Dolomites and Colin Haley. And they're talking to Fred and Fred's like, I've been climbing... For 70 years and one of the places I've never been to is the Dolomites so I want to go <laughs> and you see this old man like slowly making his way up and Colin's guiding him it was mm-hmm. really like poetic and the way they made it but the movie The Dirtbag about his life is awesome and great he, film yeah. he was a controversial figure totally as most climbers are as they are around for a long time mm-hmm. and uh yeah his book 100 uh favorite roots is like a must have mm-hmm. just yeah, Fred's Fred was a legend, and you know he wasn't the most progressive person, but he got a lot of climbing done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know if he'd fit into today's no world. Yeah. Of, he he of, was he existed in the right time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, all yeah, yeah. Very cool. And that's Fred. That's, that's my Fred. stories with Fred. But I think a lot of people who were around a long time ago have stories about Fred and mm-hmm. all these climbers. And yeah, I've been lucky to climb with people like. Uh, Tommy Caldwell and Cedar Wright and anytime mm-hmm. you want to talk about it, let me know. I got yeah. lots of stories. Oh man, yeah, go on for days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna be multiple episodes. But yeah, yeah. I'm just, into it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay. So, I mean, Cedar Wright has to be one of the climbers out in the universe who I have like the deepest love for. You know, like he just has such like a just a joy for what he's doing and such an incredible lack of pretension and he just is all about having fun and being wild anyway so like you said you you've well you interviewed him on your podcast when you had a podcast and then what what else you got for cedar stories well what you just said is that's exactly who he is and i was uh it was the year that he was kicked off the cliff bar team Okay, that's a great story, yeah. That I was with him when it happened. Oh, really? And I was with him in in Banff because he would talk. He was at the Banff Film Festival, and I was... He and I just kind of uh, got off on the right foot and got along, and he wanted to go climbing one day. And it was Halloween, I forget the year, and it was kind of snowing. And he said, I want to go climb a route... On Yamnuska, I've heard of this mountain, and I was like, "Yeah, there's lots of routes." 
And uh, he's like, what's like a 5.11? I said, CMC wall. And he's like, let's go. And I said, you want to go to CMC wall right now? <laughs> he's like, let's go right now. <laughs> CMC wall to like a local, you know, Bow Valley person is quite serious. We just put it by Iris Callen and Billy Davidson in the 1940s. It was later freed by a couple other people. It's full of legends, basically like 10 pitches of slightly overhanging bullet, but also loose limestone with some exposed runouts, tricky trad climbing, one or two fixed pieces, and just an overall, every pitch is in your face. Every pitch can, can screw you up. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to go do it, like leaving at noon, and he had to be back. <laughs> and I thought, all right. I'm with Cedar Wright. What could go wrong? And we went out there, and uh, he's like, if you could carry the gear, I'm going to bring my, my my wing, my paraglider, up to the base of Muska. He had never been up there. And I was like, yeah, man, bring that wing up. Cool. <laughs> and I got the gear, and he's like, he's so fast. I'm trying to keep up with him. Up the trail, get to the base of Muska. You show up right underneath the call wall. And there's the climber's trail right or left. So we, I was like, follow me. We'll go to CMC wall. He drops his wing right there his paraglider right at the base of the call wall. We go over to CMC wall and he's like, do you mind if I just go and I just rope gun this one? And I was like, dude, please <laughs> rope gun away. <laughs> Cause it's the first pitch is like pretty mellow. And then like second pitch is 10 D in your face. And then like in your face of five eleven, hard, it's always in your face. And mm-hmm. he had to be back and he just wanted to climb. Mm-hmm. And so I let him, yeah, <laughs> he guided me up CMC wall. Sick. The whole way was laughs and jokes and fun, and he was never out of his element. He was always comfortable. The grades are hard. It was a pure on-site, super stoked to witness him do it. Mm-hmm. We got to the top, and it was kind of snowing. It was getting dark. We just climbed CMC wall. In my head, I'm like, holy shit, I just climbed CMC wall with Cedar Ray. What a cool experience. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we got to go. We got to get back to the Banffest. I was like, let's go. And we run down the back, and we exit down the west side, and we run back around the south face heading back east towards Callwall and the descent and we get back and his paraglider's there and he takes his paraglider out of his the bag and mm-hmm. we're below Yamnuska and above a scree slope and I'm just like where are you going to fly like there's mm-hmm. trees there's a scree slope like what are you doing and and security and through the airports had like zip tied his wings so he's trying to cut them <laughs> out and he's like screaming because it's getting dark we don't have headlamps and it's getting dark and his like he's like he can't figure out his paraglider Mm-hmm. which is like a lightweight paraglider mm-hmm. and and all the gears sitting there he's throwing all the gear down and he throws the backpack on and he's like i'll see you at the car and he runs down the scree slope he throws his wing up and he flies into the air and he just does this big silent arc wow and it's into the darkness and he's gone and i'm standing there at the base of call wall on yamnuska with all our climbing gear <laughs> and he's just gone and we got to be in Banff soon. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, Cedar? <laughs> Cedar, hello. I'm like, okay, I, I got to get down. I got to go. I got to get up. So I threw all his gear like on my back. Mm-hmm. And I just like blitzed it down the approach trail because mm-hmm. the scree slope was over to the side. And mm-hmm. I just ran down. And I get down to the parking lot. And he's there in the parking lot hanging out with these two deer hunters, <laughs> bow hunters. And he just enough light for him to come in near the parking lot Mm -hmm. into this field right by these deer hunters and he almost hit them wow and they had to like get out of the way and here comes cedar right screaming in from yamnuska with a light wing and he just lands it and they're all hanging out having a beer at the truck 
And I'm like running down sweaty with all the gear thinking he's died. Mm-hmm. And I come in, he's like, come on, we gotta go. We get in and drive back to Banff. Just another day. The guy didn't lose the smile the whole time. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's, that. like, I mean, obviously I don't know Cedar, but, like, I feel like that just fits exactly into my perception of him. I've been fortunate to hang with him a few times. Yamnuski on another day in, in Utah. And whatever you think he is, that's how he is. That's amazing. Yeah, to the yeah. T. And I will say that, like, I mean, I, I, have, I have a deep love for, for ground-up climbing, and one of the things that, like, builds that deep love is there's a video of him and Honold yeah, and Maury Broadwell in Africa. And exactly. he's going up Lion's Witch and the Yes, something. exactly. And, and he's, he, like, he's going through the roof, and he's yeah. like, yoo Yes, exactly. And, and he's, yeah, there's a quote yeah, where he Maury's says, like... like he says that there's like you know there's like there's two ways to put up a route. Yeah. There's like the the safe way yeah. where you wrap in, yeah, yeah. or there's the adventurous rad way. Yeah, you're where round you, up and you yeah. just kind of like exactly. And he's like, and he gets back and Alex is sitting there and he's like, how is it? He's like got bat shit in his mouth and he's all fucked <laughs> yeah. up. He's all fucked up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a few quotes from that one. I, I've watched that. I show that film to people. Nice. Because I'm like, this is a funny fucking film. Totally. And it just summons up like a really rad approach to climbing. Totally. That some people have. And that's like my approach. Ultimately, like, mm-hmm. ground up, fun adventure, trad, mm-hmm. uh, is the most memorable. Totally. It doesn't make the safest routes for people to follow, which I have found. No. So to do that, they're, two, they're, they're just two different things. And so mm-hmm. as climbers who establish routes and are experienced, we have to know that all those fit. And we have to make room for them. Mm-hmm. And whoever comes who's younger than us, we have to make them feel welcome and stoked. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've learned from guys like Cedar. Mm-hmm. Cedar didn't have to give me the time of day. Mm-hmm. Dude was more than stoked to like share rope with me on a big mountain. Mm-hmm. And, like create an experience that sometimes he reminds me of. Nice. So like, you know, as peers we have, or like as mentors or however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. always have to keep in mind that who you're talking to might they probably don't know as much as you totally and to like create space for them and to like because ultimately you want people to know like do what you're doing Mm -hmm. because it's fun totally yeah like you've done rad stuff i've never done and we've all done things that no one's no other people might not have done Mm -hmm. so it's cool to bring people into that totally and you got to fight against that kind of historically negative Mm -hmm. uh not in my backyard attitude totally yeah yeah i i often think about it as like the the pull the ladder up phenomenon. You know, it's like, I've gotten here and I've pulled the ladder up and like, you got to figure it out on your own. You know, it's like, no, we gotta, we gotta shove the ladder back down. We gotta like invite people up to join us where we are. And yeah, I mean, funny you said that actually, uh, before I took over grip to the last editorial that Gus wrote was mm-hmm. called don't pull the ladder up. Hmm. Really cool. I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to look that up. That's, uh, early 2013. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah it was just about this like uh, arrogant, uh, it's mine, not your attitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the wrong way to approach it. Totally. You know, climbing's better when everyone's doing it. For sure. And that's up to us to figure out access, up to us to figure out how we use the space, mm-hmm. how we create rules, mm-hmm. how we develop access groups, how we. Uh, use gyms to get messages across and how we educate people. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, there's enough climbing to go around totally. if people are willing to share the space. 
Oh yeah, and especially in Northern Ontario. Like that's true in many places. If, if you're if it's yeah. too busy on the Niagara Glen and Lion's Head, yeah, just drive up north. Yeah, just there's a north. lot of rock up here. Totally. And if it's too busy in Sudbury, just keep driving. Like, yeah, just you're... keep driving. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. find empty crags. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful, amazing bolted crags or trad crags all around here. That. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, that just about sums it up for my conversation with Brandon Pullen. I don't have any other gems left that I'm hiding from you. Um, but what a guy, what a conversation. Um, that guy has really just kind of been everywhere and done everything when it comes to, uh, Canadian climbing in the last 20 years. So that is pretty darn neat. Um, well, it's now almost, well, it's February now as of today. And that means that it's ice climbing season in full swing. I hope everyone's been getting out and crushing some ice. Uh, I know I've been getting out as much as possible, maybe not in the last week because it's been freezing. But what we have to look forward to coming up in almost exactly a month is the Nipigon Ice Fest. Nipigon is home to Canada's longest running ice fest and North America's second longest running ice fest. And that's pretty exciting. And I hope that uh, you're all planning to come out. It's the weekend of March 3rd, 4th. And uh, it's in Nipigon. There's events, there's clinics, there's a raffle, there's speakers, uh, including Dave Roan, who is a an OG when it comes to uh, Orient Bay climbing, as well as Stas Beskin, who, if you haven't heard, you should absolutely go check out the footage of him scratching his way up terrifying pillars that basically no one else in the world would climb. Um, So I hope to see you there. I'll definitely be there, and I'll be handing out some stickers for the podcast and and supporting uh, Outdoor Skills and Thrills at the, uh, the Mixed Climbing Clinic. So... Hopefully, uh, we'll see you there. And if you want more information, you can find that on Eric's website at OutdoorSkillsAndThrills.com. That is OutdoorSkillsAndThrills.com. Or you can also follow him on Instagram at Outdoor underscore Thrills. Or you can also follow me on Instagram. And while we're talking about that, please do follow me on Instagram at Up North Rocks Podcast, as well as giving us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that jazz. Leave us a review if you're feeling uh, so inclined. It's much appreciated. And uh, stay tuned for some more exciting stories coming your way in the uh, future weeks and months. All right, everybody. Take care.